G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Pastor Greg Laurie wants us to be warned about modern day idols. Idols these days? Yes. An idol is anyone or anything that takes the place of God in your life. So let me ask you this. What do you get really excited about? What gets you fired up? What are you passionate about? What do you think about the most? Dream about as you fall asleep in your bed or perhaps even scheme for that, my friend, is your God. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. We each have to make a decision in our relationship with God. Are we sold out or are we a sellout? Are we sold out for the Lord where He is number one and we don't compromise? Or do we allow ourselves to sell out to the world and its lures? We face that question afresh each and every day. And today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that it's an issue that's addressed up front in the Ten Commandments and it's a decision that affects our quality of life. Let me begin with a question. Are you a happy person? Some of you are very good. Excellent. (laughs) But maybe there's someone listening to me right now that basically has everything they should have in life to theoretically make them happy, but yet they don't find themselves in that state. Why is that? Because there's a right and a wrong way to find happiness. Because there are two ways that we can live. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. There are two paths that we can take in life. The broad path that leads to destruction and the narrow path that leads to life. There's two foundations you can build your life on. The rock or the sinking sand. And the result is we'll either live the happy and holy way or the miserable and unholy way. And I bring this up because some people have a false idea of what it means to be a Christian. Sort of a caricature. You know, it's pretty rare to find Christians portrayed on television programs or in movies in a positive light. Have you noticed that? Uh, There were usually an exaggerated version or a completely distorted version, but people sort of think of Christians as, what's the right word, lame? People that live by a lot of rules and regulations. People that don't have any fun. People that live in perpetual boredom. And I suggest to you that is completely false and the opposite is actually the case. Sometimes people talk about all that they give up to follow Christ. My response is seriously, you didn't really give up all that much. Paul summed it up this way in Philippians 3. You know, everything I used to value I now see as worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ my Lord. I've discarded everything else, counting it as garbage, that I may 
have Christ. And by the way, the word garbage is a very kind translation. The literal word is a word that translates to excrement. Do you know what that is? We're talking poop, people. <laughs> now let's talk about when you walk your dog. And by the way, I just read that PETA, an organization for animal rights, is very upset when we call our animals our pets. They should be called our companions now. First of all, animals don't understand human language. So they don't care what you call them. All they care is that you pet them, put food in their dish, and take them out on walks, right? But uh, who's really in charge here? We say there are pets and we're their owners. I think if you look at it from a dog's perspective, they might think you're their pet. <laughs> Why would they not think that? What do they do? Do they work? Do they mow the lawn? They fertilize the lawn. <laughs> you know, do they make any contribution? No, they just sit around all day. That's why they say it's a dog's life. I know cats think they're in control. I know it. <laughs> you can just tell from the expression on their face. But when we're out serving our master, also known as our dog, uh, they may relieve themselves. And I hope you're one of those people that carries little doggy bags. Because some people don't. And I know this because I've stepped in it, right? So once you, I know I'm talking a lot about this. I'll be off it soon. Uh, I didn't come to church to hear a sermon about this, preacher. Let me finish it. Has a point. So when your dog does his business and you put it in the little bag, now what do you do? Do you carry the bag around and show it to people? Check this out. No. You want to get rid of it as quickly as possible because it smells. It's offensive. That's your old life before you knew Christ. Paul says that's what it's like. It's dung, it's garbage, it's junk. I don't want it anymore because I'm gonna focus my attention on following him. And listen to me, this is where you will find happiness. Now this might surprise you. The Bible actually tells us there's happiness in keeping the commandments of God. Psalm 112, one says, Praise the Lord, blessed or happy is a man who fears the Lord and delights in his commandments. It doesn't say happy is a man who resists them or breaks them. No, happy is the man or the woman who delights in them. So you don't just keep it, you delight in it. If you want to be happy and holy, you must live holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, committed to Christ. If you want to be holy, live holy, committed, not half-hearted commitment. In Psalm 1, it says happy, is a man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But listen, his delight, his delight, he looks forward to it. His delight is in the law of the Lord, or the word of the Lord. And in it does he meditate day and night. It's great to have you join us today for a new beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the U.S. We're digging into the Ten Commandments as Pastor Greg leads our study of Exodus and the life of Moses. Let's continue. Exodus chapter 20. Here's commandment number one. The Lord says, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Here it is. You shall have no other gods before me. Commandment number two, the Lord says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image of any likeness of anything that's in heaven above or earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. 
Now why does God ask this of us? Here's the answer. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me, and keep my commandments. So commandment number one, have no other gods before him. A lot of things can become gods with a small g or idols in our life. An idol is anyone or anything that takes the place of God in your life. So let me ask you this. What do you get really excited about? What gets you fired up? What are you passionate about? What do you think about the most? Dream about as you fall asleep in your bed or perhaps even scheme for what are you passionate about? That, my friend, is your God. Sometimes we can make ourselves God. Uh, Romans 1.26 says, They traded the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped and served the thing created instead of the Creator Himself. I can make myself God. For some people it's their body. It's all about the way they look. They worship at the first church of the perfect physique. They're not here with us today. They're working out. And they're taking selfies while they do it. Right? <laughs> People die to take selfies. <laughs> I read the other day that 250 people have died in the last few years taking selfies in dangerous places. Like at the edge of a cliff. Like, oh, oh, here's 500 feet. This is a great place for a shot. Here, here. What, like, what are you doing? Don't do that. But they're, they're all about themselves. They are their own God. For others it might be an object. Maybe you drive your idol. Yeah, this is it. You get out of the car, peep, turn on the alarm, kind of walk away. Somebody dings your door, you freak out for another person. It can be an object. Oh, if I just win this object, this metal, People in the film industry, actors, producers, directors, oh, they're all hoping for the Oscar. Am I gonna win the Oscar? You know the Oscar even kind of looks like a little idol, doesn't it? I mean, there it is, that gold statue everyone wants. If I won the Oscar, you might think, I know I'll, I'll achieve everything I've wanted. I'll be fulfilled. You know, actor Matt Damon actually won an Oscar at the age of 27 for his film, Goodwill Hunting. He made an interesting statement in a recent interview. He said he was alone with his Oscar. He's a 27-year-old guy, and he's looking at it. And he said, suddenly I had this thing wash over me, where I thought, imagine chasing that and not getting it until you're in your 80s or your 90s, with all of your life behind you, and realizing what an unbelievable waste that was. Then he made this statement, speaking of the Oscar. It can't fill you up. If that's a hole that you have, that won't fill it, end quote. So Oscar, gold medal, object, career, house, whatever it is you wanna put there, that can become a God in your life. Listen to this, idols are not always evil outright. The most dangerous idols are good things that are twisted. Things that are not bad in and of themselves, but we make them more important than the Lord Himself. And why is it that we should not have any other gods? Because our God is a jealous God, Exodus 24. That doesn't mean God's insecure. Actually, the fact that He's jealous speaks of 
how much he loves you. He, he has this commitment he's made to you. And he expects you to honor the commitment you've made to him. And the Lord doesn't want to share you with another. God wants an exclusive relationship with you. Is that not reasonable? I have an exclusive relationship with my wife Kathy and her with me. I illustrated this last time. I said, imagine if uh, the wife announced to her husband, honey, I'm uh, going out on a date now with Chad. And by the way, I heard from a guy named Chad that didn't appreciate me using his name. <laughs> Sorry, Chad. Uh, and then she went on to say, and you know, I may not even be home tonight. I may sleep over with Chad, but I'll see you in the morning. Love you. What moronic cousin would go with that game plan? But what if the husband said, oh, that's no problem at all. Because you know, I have met a fine woman. And I don't care what you do with Chad. Where is this woman? She's right here in the closet. And he opens it up and pulls out a mannequin. <laughs> I bought it down at the mall. I like this woman. Number one, she's always smiling. <laughs> she even waves. I can move her arm around, you know. And I admit she's a bit stiff, but she's the perfect companion. How weird would it be for a husband to leave his wife for an object? Okay, how weird is it? to leave the Lord for an object. And that brings us to the second commandment. You shall have no graven images. Verse four. Or a likeness of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath. You think, well, how could this happen? Well, let's talk about when it did happen. Back in the days of Moses and the Israelites. So Moses was a great man of God, wasn't he? Wasn't a flawless man or a perfect man, as we'll see later. But he was described as Moses, the man of God. Man, I can't think of a higher compliment to be given to a person than for someone to say, you know what? That person is a man of God. That, that woman, she's a woman of God. Moses was the man of God. And through his influence and his personal integrity, he effectively kept two to three million people from turning to full-tilled idolatry. You know, integrity is so important. I read an article in Forbes magazine and this statement was made, quote, success will come and go, but integrity is forever. The article went on to point out that building integrity takes years and it takes only seconds to lose. You ever heard of Warren Buffett, a billionaire investor? He says when he's looking for someone to hire, he looks for three things. Number one, integrity number two, intelligence, and number three, energy. But Buffett went on to add, but the most important is integrity. What's integrity? It's what you are when no one is watching. It's honesty. Moses was a godly man full of integrity. And the reason I say this is the moment he left the scene, all hell broke loose. And he was summoned by the Lord up to Mount Sinai to receive the commandments and he left Aaron in charge, his brother, which was a big mistake. So while Moses is gone, the people come to Aaron and in Exodus 32, we read the people said to Aaron, how long is it gonna take Moses to come back down from the mountain? Then they said to Aaron, come on, make us some gods that can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. They're basically saying to Aaron, we need something tangible we can worship right here, right now. So Aaron, instead of discouraging this, says, all right, bring, 
Bring all your bling to me right now. All your rings, your earrings, everything. All your jewelry. And he melted it down and he put it in the shape of a golden calf. Now that makes no sense to us today, golden calf. Well, they worshiped those back in Egypt. They had lots of gods. So sort of brought an Egyptian god and then Aaron boldly announces, this is the god that brought you out of Egypt. And so they stripped off their clothes. In some translations of the words that are used would imply there was an orgy and they danced before the golden calf. But here, here's the interesting thing. Their first idol was Moses. The golden calf was their second. See, they made an idol out of Moses and we can do the same thing. We can make an idol out of a person. Look, it's fine to have people you look up to spiritually, but just remember they're human and they're gonna disappoint you. I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of very impressive godly people and to hang out with them. I'll be honest, some were a little disappointing. Others surpassed my expectations and amaze me, but in every one of them, no matter how godly they were, they still had human foibles. They still were a person just like I am. And so sometimes we put people on these pedestals and we expect them to walk on water and when we discover they have feet of clay like we do, we're devastated and we say, I I don't even know if I want to be a Christian anymore. Hey, grow up. (laughs) Grow up. You can look up to people, but don't put them on pedestals and make gods out of them. They're flawed just like you are. These people made Moses into a god. So when their god left the scene, we need another god. Golden calf will do just fine. And that's what they ended up worshiping. Pastor Greg Laurie providing some important background as he offers a practical look at the Ten Commandments here on A New Beginning. Be sure to join us next time for more insight from the practical wisdom and instruction found in the Ten Commandments. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Ten. Part 2, No Other Gods. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.